where apparel professionals get their value is, you know, how they handle the exceptions. And so we design the system to be around payroll by exception. And what that allows the payroll professionals to do is they can focus on the areas where they're really able to show their skills and, and, and practice their craft and not, not spend hundreds of hours, uh, you know, with timesheets and report generation and clicking buttons that they're things that computers are really good at. The thing that computers aren't so great at is understanding what do we do with someone that's uh, got a bonus and now popped up over the AE threshold and what do we do with that? So yeah, and the payroll professionals are really great at, at handling those types of scenarios so that's really where i think um, automation will lead us to allowing payroll professionals to be better at the payroll processing and letting computers take care of the things that um, people don't really want to do anyway welcome to the payroll podcast with your host nick day find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO of JGA Recruitment Group, and we are special international payroll recruiters. Now, if you do need any support with a payroll vacancy, please do get in touch with any of my team. And of course, if you are passionate about payroll, please do share this podcast with all of your friends or your family and all your colleagues, because together we can help raise the profile of payroll Globally. Now, today I'm really excited to be introducing you all to Phil Burney to the show. Phil is co founder of KeyPay, they're a cloud based international payroll solution. And today we're going to be discussing everything to do with payroll automation. And it's a subject that I think is still pretty much misunderstood by many. So hopefully we're going to get to the to the bottom of what payroll automation is and why it's so important we understand it completely as we move into the future of payroll. Phil personally believes that payroll is far too precious to be left entirely to the robots. Hallelujah, I'm sure you're all going to be saying we know that the people in payroll are more important than ever, which is why one of KeyPay's goals is to make what could be a gargantuan task into something stress-free. So in this episode of the Payroll Podcast, Phil Burney explains to me the importance of using cloud technology in the future of payroll, the importance of compliance, and we even have a little bit of a chit-chat about what the new Prime Minister could mean for payroll professionals. So without further ado, let me welcome Phil Burney, co-founder of KeyPay, to the Payroll Podcast. How are you feeling today, Phil? Oh, great, Nick. Thanks for having me. Um, it's quite the introduction. I'm actually uh, quite excited to listen to the podcast now myself. Fantastic. Well, I know you're an avid listener. We've talked about previous episodes in the past, so you know what question's going to come from me first, and that is this. What does the word payroll mean to you? Probably a bit of a different one for me. I tend to think of uh, payroll as opportunity. I think there's so many opportunities within payroll to not just improve processes and improve the way that data flows through uh, the systems, but I think there's also a lot of opportunities for employees that I think a lot of the current systems you know, aren't really well-placed to capitalise on. So for me, I think that you know, we've progressed a long way from how we were doing things, you know, even 10, 15, 20 years ago. But for me, I look at all of the opportunities that um, are available to us down the track and, you know, particularly focusing on, on what that means for employees. So it's about opportunity. And obviously, uh, for myself personally, Parallel's uh, presented a lot of opportunities that I never really expected to come across in my career. So, yeah, so I really do look at it as a way to open up lots of opportunities. Fantastic. Couldn't agree more. I think a recent study that we did with the CRPP here in the UK was to really talk about the, the fact there's over 60 career pathways now in the world of payroll, and I'm sure there are going to be more to come. But let's talk a little bit about your pathway then. You said 
opportunities have presented themselves in a way that perhaps you didn't expect. Tell listeners a little bit more about how you came into the world of payroll and, of course, a little bit perhaps about the key pay solution for those that aren't familiar. Yeah, so I, I had a bit of a non-traditional path into payroll. I was thinking to your guests on past uh, podcasts and saying there is no traditional path into payroll. Right. Everyone has a different journey into into payroll. So, yeah, so I actually started as a software developer. I'm a, a computer nerd by trade. I started in Australia in uh, the superannuations industry and got involved in payroll through my business partner, Richard McLean, who I think you've had on the podcast previously as well. And, you know, Rich and I worked together for a number of years and Rich was just constantly saying to me, we should build a, a payroll solution. And at the time, I thought, Rich, that's a bit crazy. It's, I don't think it's something we can just knock over in a weekend. But through a range of circumstances, I uh, changed roles. I, I had a fairly long commute. Rich was also changing roles. He was doing some IT uh, consulting and we were working together on various projects. I thought, I've got four hours every day on the train. I was commuting two hours each way. That's a fair amount of time. I'd watch pretty much everything on. There was no <laughs> Netflix at the time. This was 10 years ago. So I thought, you know, we can give this uh, this payroll thing a crack. And so we built the first version of KeyPay yeah, nearly 10 years, actually over 10 years ago now. I showed it to Rich. He said he uh, felt like he could sell it. He managed to convince someone to run payroll on it. They said it was uh, absolutely terrible. It was <laughs> the worst <laughs> system they used, I think, was the feedback that they gave okay. us. But the thing was, they gave us lots of feedback on it. And... Um, we slowly built and implemented that over time. We got uh, my co-founders, Paul and Christian, as well, uh, involved. And, you know, over the last 10 years, we've, we've built uh, KeyPay to be one of the leading cloud-based payroll systems in. Uh, we started in Australia. We've moved to the UK. Um, we're now in Singapore, Malaysia, and New Zealand. And business continues to grow really well in, in all of those regions. So that's how I ended up in payroll. Um, certainly didn't start off there, but it's been a, a really amazing journey to see just how different the industry's gone in, you know, in just the last 10 years that I've been involved with it. Fantastic. Well, it sounds to me like you've been using computers for decades yourself in terms of the work that you've done developing that first payroll system. We know that people have been using computers to do payroll for decades, but in recent years, we've really seen technology advance considerably. Like it's been phenomenal for me. Even when I came into payroll recruitment, people were using, you know, cards and systems like Kalamazoo. And now there's a wealth of different options out there for people that really do specialize in certain areas. Why do you think we're trusting computers now to do more and more of the payroll process? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I actually think that the funny thing about computers doing more of the payroll process is it actually hasn't changed. What we're using the computers for hasn't changed a lot in the last 10 years. I think the big difference has been is actually the transition to the cloud. And what that's allowing us to do is connect a lot of systems together and that's where the automation is coming from. So we can have timesheet systems connected to our payroll systems, our rotor systems connected to our payroll system, the payroll system connected to reporting and to employee portals and our accounting systems. And so when we're talking about what the payroll system does, it's doing a lot of the same things as what it's been doing for the last 10 years. But where the real power from the automation is is really coming from is connecting all of the other parts of the payroll process. A lot of it happens uh, before well before payday and connects it to that payroll system and then helps that information flow through. So I think the big difference is with what we're trusting our payroll systems to do is to orchestrate that flow of information from, you know, the very first point of, you know, onboarding an employee right through to, you know, having uh, payment files or, you know, with open banking payment information um, sent straight to the bank, reports sent to clients and all of those process automated. So it's really interesting when you think about it, it's 
the actual core of payroll is very much the same. What we've gotten a lot better at is um, connecting all of the pieces of Lego to allow that information to flow through. With that movement of data comes a high level of trust. And I think that's really the bit that we're allowing um, the systems to take over a lot more. Talking about the sales side of things now, are there still a lot of payroll departments out there that, that haven't adopted the cloud? For me, that would seem like a something that I would have thought most functions would have already adapted to and moved towards. I, mean, I don't know the market well enough to want to know how many of there are out there that perhaps haven't made that change yet. Yeah, I think there's um, certainly a large part of the industry that haven't moved to, to cloud systems and are still using either desktop or hybrid systems where it's a desktop system on a, on a Citrix server wow. or, or something on those lines. I think the big shift is, whereas, you know, when I first started in the UK or when I started in Australia, I think the shift is is that whereas people were content to stay on those systems maybe maybe even as much as five years ago, I think with COVID and the changes in the industries around payroll, there's definitely a push towards uh, moving to the cloud and, and cloud adoption and a lot more interest. And, you know, if you compare industries side by side, if you look at what's happened in the accounting industry and you look at what's happened in the payroll industry, it's phenomenal to see the push into the accounting industry that um, uh, into the cloud that the accounting industry's had. And by comparison, I don't know that the payroll industry is, is there yet, but there is definitely a groundswell of momentum to, that's pushing towards that cloud-based setup. So I'm hearing from you that it sounds like the payroll industry is moving in the right direction, which is positive. But interestingly, you said in your previous response that one of the barriers potentially to, to cloud-based adoption is trust. We know the world, you know, the pandemic has changed the world, right? And we know that from a payroll perspective, historically, they're always told they couldn't work from home. It's an office-based position. They were forced to work from home, which presumably, hopefully, has improved the level of trust between key stakeholders and, and the world of payroll and, and the fact that they can operate in a, you know, a, a remote environment. Has that really improved the adoption of cloud-based technologies as well? Is that trust? Have you seen that trust improve? Yeah, I think it certainly opened up people's minds to the possibility that you could move to a cloud-based system. I think one of the challenges we've also had is that payroll has always been seen as computationally heavy, process heavy, and it was one of those things where people didn't necessarily believe that it could be done in the cloud. The cloud was more for um, moving data around, but if you wanted to do the actual process and heavy data crunching, you needed that to be on a desktop system. I think people with the adoption of cloud-based with COVID, but also with the advances in technology with um, you know things like AWS infrastructure and cloud infrastructure with Azure and um, and other setups like that, people have seen that robust computational intensity can be replicated in the cloud, and they're more willing to trust that you know they're not going to be uh, waiting four and a half hours on a Friday sure. to get all of the payroll reports pushed out, and you can uh, benefit from spreading that load across you know uh, data centers that you know take up football fields, and um, and everyone's a lot more comfortable with that. So I think. Two things have happened. Yeah, everyone is more comfortable that cloud has the capacity to do what they need to do. And uh, COVID has given everyone the, the confidence that uh, we can do our jobs uh, remotely and it's not going to be, you know, end of the world. Brilliant, brilliant. So something that's been quite interesting, and we're not just the pandemic, I don't want to focus on that, but we saw legislation change really quickly in the pandemic with, with further legislation being changed almost every second minute, it felt like here in the UK, and I'm sure it was the same globally. But also recently in the UK, we've got a new prime minister, we've already had a new mini, mini budget, so to speak, with different legislation, things changing, cost of living bits changing, national insurance changing, so on and so forth. How does automation respond to such a rapidly changing legal environment? So for example, the large national insurance changes in this in the UK this year that's just happened. You know, do you have to stay up all night trying to make those changes, or, or you know, what's the situation from an automation perspective from your side? 
it is actually interesting and it does present some unique challenges. Uh, one of the things that I guess is unique from a, uh, when, you're a, when you're a cloud provider is that the version of the code that you push out is the version that all of your, your clients get. So when we do an update, everyone gets that, that update, which can be um, both a blessing and a curse. More often than not, it's a blessing because it means our, our clients don't have to worry about making sure they're running on the right version, getting the latest updates, installing and patching them and all those types of things. But it does mean that you know we have to be uh, on top of those things. And I know our payroll uh, compliance team that's, uh, that's working through the changes that have come out at the moment. Yeah, they will probably have a lot of late nights and, and long weeks uh, ahead to get that out. It is, I guess, part of the nature of working in, in payroll. But I think the really interesting thing about automation is because we have all of our clients working on, they're able to receive those updates at the same time in a uniform way. We're actually able to focus on the solution. We don't have to worry about all of those other headaches that come out with making downloads available, you know, helping yeah. making sure that they've got the right operating system, making sure that they've got all of these other thousands of other variables that we can't control because we're able to deliver it in a uniform way to all of our clients. That part of automation and, you know, relying on the cloud infrastructure to deliver that to our clients creates a really unique experience and we, we often get asked how do we install the latest updates uh, onto our system and you can see the light bulbs always turn on when you say you don't have to do anything um, it will just it will just be there for you yeah. and once people realize that removes a huge barrier to adoption for a lot of our clients yeah i can imagine it's such a time saver as well for those you know let's be honest updates can take time and it's one of those things you don't feel should be in your necessarily your remit as a payroll professional, other things to focus on. So knowing it's just done is a great. But what it does lead me to ask the question, it's a question we get all the time, particularly in recruitment, when we ask me about my opinions on automation is, you know, automation is growing. We're seeing automation be implemented across the, the payroll cycle. And as the payroll cycle gets more complicated, we're seeing more and more automation be, be implemented as well. People often ask, is that is there's so much automation risk payroll professionals long-term being out of a job, you know, what, how do you see the role of the, the payroll professional changing in light of all this automation being implemented? It's an interesting question. I get asked it all the time. I think what it actually enables, though, is people to automate the parts of the job, which, quite frankly, the feedback I get on the bits that we automate is the parts of the job that they don't like. So lots yeah. of the parts that we automate are you know, the timesheet entry, the pay run changes, you know, the onboarding from employees. So things like being able to send uh, an employee a self-setup link, they can enter all their information directly in the system, and that automatically gets entered into the payroll system and it's ready for them to process. What that means is, is that people are able to actually focus on their payroll skills and not on their data entry skills because no one really enjoys the data entry part. What they really enjoy is when you have a client that um, uh, is working you know, through, you know, re-enrollment um, of all of their employees um, because they've, they've hit the re-enrollment threshold, being able to do that really quickly and efficiently and be confident that it's accurate and what they're able to focus on is, you know, the exceptions. So we have this concept that we always uh, try and focus on, which is where apparel professionals get their value is, you know, how they handle the exceptions. And so we design the system to be around payroll by exception. And 
what that allows the payroll professionals to do is they can focus on the areas where they're really able to show their skills and and, and practice their craft and not not spend hundreds of hours uh, you know with timesheets and report generation and clicking buttons that they're things that computers are really good at the thing that computers aren't so great at is understanding what do we do with someone that's um, got a bonus and now popped up over the AE threshold and what do we do with that so yeah and the payroll professionals are really great at, at handling those types of scenarios so that's really where I think um, automation will lead us to is allowing payroll professionals to be better at the payroll processing and letting computers take care of the things that um, people don't really want to do anyway sure no, I think this is actually one of the most exciting changes we've seen in the world of payroll right is it, it's allowing automation i believe is allowing payroll professionals to really now drive value which has never necessarily been something they've been tasked with in the past you know whether that's strategic value whether that's efficiency changes whatever it might be but they can really focus on where they can add value using their skill sets and things like that which i think is really really exciting it's been a real cultural shift in the world of payroll and they shouldn't fear automation it's automation that's allowing these things to happen which i think is is wonderful but one thing i'd love to ask right so i, I went to the recent annual conference here in the uk and i always ask the question to payroll professionals when was the last time you took a holiday and particularly with what they've been through over the last 48 months so many payroll professionals have been unable to take a break they feel like if they go Peril might fall down, they're needed, particularly those running in sole role environments where they are solely responsible for that payroll operation. So the question I've got for you now, I guess, is, is if automation is done well enough, could a payroll person, in theory, take a holiday and let the pay go out without monitoring, without checking, or are we still not quite there yet? Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. We actually have some of our clients that are at the point where they have automated the entire payroll from start to finish and it will particularly for if they've got salary payrolls or director pays. If you go back to what I was saying before, the reason why a lot of payroll professionals aren't able to go on holidays is not because the actual payroll process itself is a problem. It's usually something that happens much earlier in the process. So a client doesn't um, uh, get their timesheets in on time or they've got a bunch of last-minute adjustments. And if we can automate those parts, which are the things that could kind of delay the process down the track, or other time-consuming parts of getting the data into the system, what it means is is that when it comes to the time where they're actually processing payroll is exactly like you said before, they're providing value and it's their years of experience and their ability to problem-solve quickly that allows those payrolls to get processed in a timely fashion. So we, we do have clients that are at the point where they can process everything, but I think the other thing that it does is it helps makes it easier for payroll professionals to put processes in place that are easier to replicate and easier for them to then handle hand off to other people so that 
they don't become, you know, uh, the key man in, in those scenarios and uh, don't feel like they can't take a break. So it just enables them to, to have a lot more confidence that the issues that will arise are far fewer and more of an exception type nature than, you know, every week we don't we, we don't know how to upload a, a CSV file because the format's changed or, you know, the client does something strange with uh, with Excel and, and those types of issues, which tend to be the ones that take the time and, uh, and cause the most stress. Yeah, well, I hope you have a lot of people uh, excited to hear this because I think there's a lot of people in the, in the payroll industry that need to take a break. So, you know, get your things automated, get that bit managed, work out in your process where you need to automate. Perhaps you can take that much needed break. Uh, hopefully, people listening to this can take advantage. Fingers crossed. The other benefit of being in the cloud is is that you can have the flexibility to do to do both. We've had uh, log in while you're away. So, yeah, yeah. So they'll or or um, uh, go away. <laughs> For extended period of time, they'll spend three months in Spain or uh, or in Portugal. They'll log in. The data is all still hosted in the UK. It all still lives in the UK. It, it's not moving um, outside of uh, out of the UK or EU. And so they get the best of both. Or they can actually um, not just take a break, but you know, completely restyle their lifestyle around it. Sure. And actually, we're seeing that right post pandemic. We now know Peril can do it remotely. So why not do it from uh, the beachy shores of Spain or somewhere else? If it can be done, why not? Why not? So it's another point just to know. You talked about compliance. So you've got a compliance team that stays up to speed, that work around the clock to make sure things change. We've got a new prime minister here in the UK, this trust. I wondered how that's impacting the world of Peril from your perspective. What are the things you need to consider when something like a political party changes or, you know, how much does this change the way that you have to work behind the scenes as a software provider? Yeah, so I think our, our parallel compliance team have gone through three sets of hair at the moment with uh, <laughs> with trying to understand the changes. I think, you know, one of the, the interesting things about the UK is I'm probably the only person that will come up here and say, I actually think HMRC, um, the software development team, they actually do a fantastic job of getting the information that software developers need out to software developers uh, in a timely fashion because, they're, they're you know, everything that we do kind of relies on on them providing the information for us to, to build the system on top of. There's a lot of people that are probably sitting, uh, listening to the podcast saying they don't agree, but trust me, when you've worked with other jurisdictions and you see how those updates get delivered, sometimes after the due date, um, you okay. actually realise what a great job that the software team within the within the HMRC does. But governments um, changing, even leaders within the within parties changing, you know, and then uh, you know broader macroeconomic conditions changing, they're constantly keeping us on our on our toes. I think. With this government in particular, I think there's been a specific focus on tax changes and tax reforms, and I think the, the, the big challenge that our teams are dealing with at the moment is, is the uncertainty as to what is actually going to go ahead and, and what's yeah. not. We think we think it might have settled now, so we, we've got fingers crossed that, that it will. My payroll team will probably um, kill me for saying this. I actually think it's much tougher on the payroll professionals than it is on the software developers because we have very specific guidelines that we, that we have to work with, but implementing and interpreting that as a payroll professional for your clients and then, you know, being on top of that and rolling it out as someone that's that's processing it. Oftentimes, as that legislation, uh, because we often get that before the rest of the industry does, that is uh, really tough because at the end of the day, I don't like I don't process the payroll. Our team doesn't process the payroll. It's our clients do, and I think that sure. is a much tougher situation to be in. And it's 
always fascinating to see how well the the payroll profession does as a whole when these types of changes come in because I, I don't think people realise that <laughs> the process of going from, you know, the, the Prime Minister saying, hey, we're going to uh, implement some tax changes or roll some tax changes back to then people getting paid usually happens fairly smoothly and the reason it happens is because of the fantastic people that work in payroll and, you know, I often think they don't get enough credit for that. Hey, shout out to uh, His Majesty's Revenue and Customs today on the show. You don't hear that very often, but hey, if it's true and it's in its, uh, it's it's worthwhile, why not? So, one question I'd like to ask, but I'd like to to almost the cardinal sin of the podcast. I'm going to ask you almost two questions in one. The first is, what are the innovations that Keep are working on now to sort of keep yourselves ahead of the curve that that you know perhaps the payroll community may not be aware is coming in the world in the industry? Maybe that's uh, you know near near term future, but also how do you see the future of payroll evolving over the, over the longer term, say the next five or ten years? Yeah, it's something that we think about a lot, uh, not just ourselves, but our parent company, Employment Hero. We ask this question a lot is, you know, what does payroll look like in 10 years? And I have a view that we've sort of spent the last 10 years building software to take our manual uh, processes and um, the things that we were doing on paper 10 years ago, and we've now replicated them in the cloud. And that's fantastic. That's great progress. But what I really get excited about is what we're able to now do that with digitalized that processes is uh, actually transform how uh, payroll is done for the next 10 years. You know, there's a thousand different ways that will take shape. But the thing that I really like to focus on and really think about is uh, how do we benefit the employee in this process? So we spend a lot of time talking about the employers and the impact to the payroll professional, but we don't often spend a lot of time um, talking about the impact that uh, payroll has on the employee. Because when you think about payroll, what it is, is it's actually there to serve the employee, to give the employee their money. And I think what we're able to do with the, the systems and the technology in place is really change the way that employees interact with payroll and, you know, ultimately their, their financial health. So, you know, and a really simple example of that is accessing wages before before they're paid. We like to think of being able to not just facilitating that, but taking it one step further. So the way that it works at the moment is an employer tells an employee when their payday is. We like to think about, you know, what would it look like if when an employee um, signs up and they go through their onboarding and, they, and they're filling out their forms, they tell their employer when they would like to get paid. And it might be on a weekly cycle or a fortnightly cycle or a monthly cycle, or it might be on an ad hoc basis. But it's flipping the conversation around to say, hey, it's the employee's funds that we're all ultimately talking about. So what can we do from a technology perspective to enable that type of change in the industry? And I think that's just one very small example, but it's um, it's the kind of thing that um, we're now able to start thinking about, which you know, 10 years ago we weren't able to because we didn't yeah. have the frameworks in place. So um, I kind of feel like um, we've spent 10 years to get to the starting line. Now we're at the starting line. We can spend the next 10 years um, you know, uh, building what happens next. I think that's really, generally a really interesting response so obviously i think every software provider i've had on the show we tends to bring up pay on demand somewhere in the conversation right we know this is an innovative thing particularly in the uk we're still a little bit slow to adopt but if i understand that correctly and do correct me if i'm wrong on this it sounds to me like it's a slightly different way that you're approaching it it's rather than just offering pay on demand as it used to exist it's someone who comes into the business can pick the cycle they want to be paid on so if i want to be paid weekly or hourly or daily or monthly or bi-weekly that's kind of a choice i can make and then i can probably change that choice but actually that's a really nice way of approaching it it's not about trying to get access to money and in, in short term it ways that perhaps people consider pay on demand to be all about it's actually just having a choice about the the cycle 
that you want to be paid on. I think that's really intuitive. And I think that's really interesting as a concept. So I haven't really come across other providers may offer it, but I haven't come across that as part of a conversation piece that I've had yet. And I think that's I think that's really interesting and innovative. And I think on the back of that, my question would be then in the UK, we're quite fixed on our our monthly pay cycles in particular. Long term yeah. in the next 10 years, as this you know technology gets adopted and people are more familiar with it. Do you see the dissolution of the pay monthly pay cycle in the UK? starting to occur do you think that'll start to disappear over time or do you think actually routine will still hold out long term yeah i would love to see um the concept of a pay cycle itself just disappear entirely yeah we think about it in pay cycles because that's how historically it had to work if we keep thinking about things in that way we will probably actually stop the advancements that that we need to do to enable solutions that you know there will be things that happen in in 10 years time that we haven't thought of by now but if we keep you know, coming back to the old payroll thinking of we have to have a monthly pay cycle, we'll never unlock those solutions. So it's not going to just be dictated by the technology. I think also if you look at how employees are choosing to work, there's a whole range of opportunities. If, you, if you're looking at, you ask any, any business owner about um, the struggles to get labour at the moment, and it's a, it's, it's a big problem across not just the UK, Australia, yeah. New Zealand. I haven't, it's, it's a huge challenge. And so, you know, one of the things that um, we'd love to be able to facilitate is for employees to work in uh, multiple full organisations um, and rather than having a payday or a pay cycle that they're assigned to, um, you know, as soon as they finish their shift, that shift gets approved and the funds are, are paid directly into their account and, um, you know, the taxes are withheld properly, the NIs withheld properly, the pension's all calculated for them um, and it's happening on a shift-by-shift basis. So they're thinking less about, you know, when is payday and more about, you know, how do I manage this stream of money that's coming into my account? So, I think there's some really exciting opportunities there. You know, it'll take, you know, lots of different shapes and forms. But, sure. you know, as technology providers, I feel like we have a, a big responsibility to enable that for the future employees. Fantastic. So my last question before we open the vault, Bill, is this. So let's assume I'm a payroll manager, right? I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this show right now. I'm going through an RFP. I've picked three or four payroll suppliers that I want to pitch to me for a new solution. I've just listened to this. I thought, oh, Keypay sounds interesting. Not one I'd considered before. Not one I'd heard of before. What's what's the quick pitch that would perhaps encourage a payroll professional to go? Actually, maybe I need to consider Keypay as well as one of my solution providers. The reality is, is that we are the number one cloud-based payroll provider in Australia, UK, um, and you know, soon to be other regions. And what makes us different is um, we think cloud first. So we aren't just trying to take desktop systems and replicate those processes in the cloud. We're actually thinking about how do we transform payroll um, through the cloud. So uh, that would be my um, thirty-second pitch. Perfect, perfect. Let's let's open the vault. Entering the vault. One piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now. Think about not just what's happening today. Think about what uh, the opportunities are down the track and think about how do you go from where that is now to where those opportunities are and always be working with your your eyes, eyes open and looking down the track because one thing I can guarantee is what we're doing today is not what we'll be doing in five or ten years' time and we need to be um, thinking about that now so that we're ready to capitalise down the track. Yeah, great response. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, uh, and really learn how um, pensions work. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Absolutely right. We've got a new pensions minister as well. So changing here in the UK all the time. We'll wait and see what, 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 uh, what that brings. Uh, if you had the power of foresight and could change the entire payroll industry with one action or one improvement, what would that action or improvement be? Uh, I think I'd go back to what I said before, which is to get rid of the monthly pay cycle and move it from being a fixed monthly pay cycle to be uh, to more a stream payroll process. 
Nice, nice. I think that's going to happen. So watch this space. And last but not least, uh, if Paywell were a song or a film, what song or film would it be and why? Oh, that is a good question. Um, if Paywell was a song or a film, I think it would be Risky Business. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Firstly, well, listen, uh, Phil Burney, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. For those that do want to find out more, please do go to keypay.co.uk. All the links will be in the show notes, so you don't need to fiddle around on Google. Just click to the show notes of the episode and we can take you straight through. I'll put a link on there as well to Phil's LinkedIn profile for those who want to connect and discuss uh, the future of payroll or the future of automation with Phil in more detail. Please do take the opportunity. And I'll put a link to the KeyPay blog, which is a wonderful blog as well, all about the world of uh, international payroll. So keep an eye on that as well. Is there anywhere else you'd like to uh, direct traffic to, Phil, that may be useful for people to uh, to connect no i think you've covered it all nick and uh, i just want to say thanks for having us and it's been uh, it's been great having a chat good fun yeah no fantastic well, we've been we've been connected for a number of years so really really like to have you on the show phil and of course if you are a payroll leader listening to this podcast you need support with a payroll related vacancy you heard it from phil here talent is in short supply that's what we do we specialize in finding hard to reach payroll talent internationally across all levels, across 60 different career pathways, payroll implementation, payroll management, payroll sales, whatever it might be. So if you need support with the payroll vacancy, please do get in touch with either myself or any of my wonderful team at JGA Recruitment. You can access us at jgarecruitment.com or drop me a personal email at nick at jgarecruitment.com as well. Just leave me to say a huge thank you to all of you for listening to the show today. Please do share it with all your colleagues, friends, family, and anyone else you think that might be interested in the world of payroll. We can raise the profile of the industry together. I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the Payroll Podcast real soon thanks once again phil burney for joining me today thank you thanks nick thank you so much for tuning into the payroll podcast with nick day of jga recruitment if you need help with a current payroll vacancy then please get in touch with nick and his team all contact details can be found in the episode notes in the meantime to make sure you never miss a future episode please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels till next time